Welcome to this episode of Come Follow Me, A Disciple's Journey. In this episode, we'll talk about section 97. So section 97 was given in August of 1833, um, which, uh, well, I guess important to know where as well. Um, It was given in Kirtland, um, and the prophet sent uh, a letter to the church, to the elders in uh, Missouri, that contained this revelation. So he sent this in August of 1833, but in July of 1833, persecution had really ramped up in Missouri, and uh, Edward Partridge and a few others had been uh, severely beaten, tarred and feathered. Um, and But the prophet doesn't know this at this point. This will be an important note, and, and we'll talk about it next week as well, but it's an important note moving forward into section 98 as well. Um, that's kind of what's going on in the church and the world at the time when this revelation is received and, and then given. And so that context, um, especially when you can t- consider section 98 next week, um, and it's kind of hard to not consider them together because of how close they were given and because of the, the persecution because in section 98, um, the Lord tells them how to handle persecution. And section 98 was also given in August, just a few days after section 97. Um, and the prophet didn't, I mean, he would have known about, hey, things are heating up a little bit. But news had not yet reached him of how serious it was that the Missourians were, had given the saints an ultimatum to get out of uh, Jackson County that the printing press had been burned. Like those, those things had happened, but Joseph didn't know about them yet. But the Lord did. And so when he gave section, section 98, which we'll talk about again further next week, and tells them how to handle persecution, that's important. Um, but it's also now wrapped into section 97. The Lord knows this has happened. Joseph doesn't, but the Lord does. And what is, what is section 97 about? Well... To me, is about the sacrifice that that they're being asked to make for a temple. Um, it's about creating Zion, a Zion people. In verse twelve, it says, "Behold, this is the tithing." And in this sense, the word tithing is just being used as as a sacrifice, like the word for sacrifice. Behold, this is the tithing and the sacrifice which I, the Lord, require at their hands, that there may be a house built unto me for the salvation of Zion. Sacrifice is um, just preparation for something better. That's what I've... Uh, someone told me that one time on my mission, and I, I, it stuck with me, and I love that thought. And the saints were going to have to sacrifice a lot in this time, and we know that in the next decade of, of the church's history, really. And even further, there was a lot of sacrifice. But it, what was it for? It was for the building of the house of God, the house of God throughout the earth, and not just, you know, the Kirtland Temple or the Temple in Missouri that they were supposed to build or even the Nauvoo Temple, but it's about building temples all around the earth that uh, for the gathering of Zion and for, quote, the salvation of Zion. And the Lord promises us and promised them in verse 15 that 
if we protect the temples and if we keep them clean and undefiled, that his glory says, my glory shall rest upon it. Yea, and my presence shall be there and I will come into it and my and all the pure in heart that shall come into it shall see God. Pure in heart's an interesting choice of words here. In verse um, 21, Therefore verily thus saith the Lord, let Zion rejoice, for this is Zion, the pure in heart. Therefore let Zion rejoice while all the wicked shall mourn. So, if we are the pure in heart, we are Zion. Zion people going into the temple shall see God. There's a promise to them then and to us now. And so, as I've said repeatedly throughout this year, what's what should our our focus each day of our life be? It should be gathering Israel and building Zion. And it can be as small as just building Zion in our and, and I say small, I mean quote unquote small as building Zion in our own homes, in our own wards. Zion is the pure in heart. I think it's an interesting choice of words again for a few reasons, but the Lord tells us that he that hath clean hands and a pure heart, who hath not lifted up his soul unto vanity, nor sworn deceitfully, he shall receive the blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. Psalms 24 uses these, and this is kind of a common theme, it's used in the Book of Mormon as well. Clean hands and a pure heart. So clean hands means we don't sin, right? Pure heart means we have no intent or desire to sin. I mean, I think that's my interpretation and just even one of my interpretations. I think there's some other ways you can take this. But looking at it in that respect, the Lord doesn't say the Zion are the perfect. He doesn't say the Zion are they who have clean hands. Look, you don't have to be perfect to be part of Zion. What you need to have, though, and be, is pure in heart. And how does that purity happen? That purity happens through the atonement of Jesus Christ. It doesn't happen on your own. The clean hands also, from the atonement of Christ, by cleaning us and cleaning our hands to the blood of the Lamb, that's the only way. But then we retain that through also the atonement of Christ. When our hearts and our desires are changed. And truly, we can't do that. We That's something that we can go to him with a desire to, to do that. But it's through the atonement of Christ. And I think that's what's important here to remember is that the pure in heart, that's Zion. How do you become pure in heart? Well, let's connect it even with some of the other readings in, recently. Section 95. We're going to read more about it and next week. And uh, the word chastening. What does to chasten means? It means to, to purify by correction. Zion is the pure in heart. Those who will who will allow themselves to be chastened by the Lord, to be purified through the atonement of Christ. And so, in your home, you and your spouse and your kids, you don't have to be perfect to be Zion. But you need the atonement of Christ. In your wards, you don't have to all be the same and all agree on every single thing. You don't have to be perfect people. Your bishop doesn't have to be perfect. You don't have to be perfect. You're a Relief Society president. The guy who looks at you weird and you feel it makes you feel awkward because you think he's judging you. Whatever, he's not perfect. You're not perfect. You don't have to be. To be Zion, 
pure in heart. And Zion shall escape. And the nations of the earth shall honor her and shall say, Surely Zion is the city of our God. Surely Zion cannot fall, neither be moved out of her place. For God is there and the hand of the Lord is there. So what can you do this week to make your home a little bit more like Zion? To, to be a little bit more Zion yourself? Thanks for listening this week. Um, again, moving forward, episodes may be a little bit disjointed, but I'm going to do them uh, as I have time and get them up and published. I appreciate you listening and uh, for your thoughts and for your uh, testimonies. Thanks again, and I hope to talk to you next week.